What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go, go, go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. You already know who we got. We got your boy, yours truly, Forbes George. We got Cartier Carter. We got Jackpot Jacqueline. Yes, I gave them nicknames. Hopefully they lean into them. But now, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I'm, I, I, love the, I love the nickname, so we can stick with it. We can rock with it. Hey, man, you got a lot of nicknames. Jacqueline, what's going on? How are you? I'm feeling good. I'm ready for this podcast. This is one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it, man. So, you know, three of us came together to, to form this guy. I feel like them, like the Avengers or some shit, right? We came together and, <laughs> you know, and, and formed this, this brand, right? Obviously, we could have can, you know, could have continued to exclusively do our own thing. We also, we all do have independent personal brands, but we also found a lot of value in coming together to really amplify and blow up a brand that we collectively own. So, you know, today we thought it would be really valuable to just talk about the power of building a brand. And before we get into it, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. So of course we want to shout out Amazon and Affirm on the, on the huge partnership. You can now, if you have an Affirm account, you can use that uh, at Amazon, which basically means, you know, well, I mean, as financial advisors, I don't know if we really advocate for this, but it gives you the ability to pay for things over time, right? With basically damn near instantly approved financing. So uh, a firm stock shot up tremendously uh, off the news of that partnership, right? Why? Honestly, it's relevant to this topic, brand, right? People trust the brand and power of Amazon and like, well, shoot, if you're if you're latching onto that wagon, well, shit, we gonna, we gonna tap in with you. So Huge moves in the uh, financial sector between uh, Amazon and the firm. I thought that was a big play. Yeah, that's that's a big play. I mean, like you said, people trust brands. So t- tagging on the Amazon, you know, if we can tag our podcast on the Amazon in some way, shape, or form, <laughs> our stock is going up too. Hey, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna let some early bids go. Some early hey, before we like blow up, blow up. You know, what I'm saying if y'all want to put y'all bid in, whether it's Amazon, Google, whoever you are. You know what I'm saying? Let us know because the price, what, what, my, what my man uh, Fat Joe say? Yesterday's, yesterday's price, price is not today's <laughs> price. So if you don't get on today's price, I can't promise what it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And George's <laughs> direct cell phone number is eight. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're trying to get on the sponsorship. Right, right, right. right. But now, nah, so let's, let's get into it, y'all. So power of brand. All right. And there's a lot of different ways we can go, but I kind of want to start off with the most socially relevant one. So we just you know, saw this weekend, I'm not sure if you saw the fight, but I'm sure you at least caught wind of the highlights uh, that I get the Paul brothers confused. I think it's Jake Paul, not Logan Paul. So, because Logan Paul fought, fought Floyd. So Jake Paul just uh, finished a fight with the former UFC champion, Tyrone Woodley. Um, it was a lot of drama, a lot of hype leading up to the fight, just like all fights, you know, in general. But the biggest buzz that people are starting to wrap their head around is that Jake Paul is this 23-year-old kid for all intents and purposes, right? Who had a stint, a long, consistent stint on YouTube, blew up his brand 
And now it's giving him the leverage, keyword leverage, to do whatever the heck he wants. Now, here's why this context matters. The reason why this context matters is because in the sport of boxing, right, you got to earn your way to the top, right? You don't get to just say, I want to fight somebody because I think I'm good enough. You got to prove yourself, right? For years, even Floyd Mayweather, he fought countless fights before he's deployed, before he was money Mayweather, right? Like he changed his image after like knocking people out for so long, right? And he became money Mayweather. That was his brand. But before that, he was just somebody in the circuit coming up. And so to see somebody like Jake Paul, who was able to leverage his personal brand to just literally jump into an industry and now is creating bigger opportunities for his opponents, right? Like, for example, Tyrone Woodley was retired. So he probably got the biggest payday by fighting a non-boxer all because of the power of brand. So what do y'all think about that? Jack, you want to go first? Carter wants me to go first. I guess we're not big boxing fans. I mean, that's just first and foremost. So anybody who feels this way about boxing was like, I didn't really watch the fight. Don't know everything about it. I'm with you. I'm not a big. I do watch the fights just for fun, but I completely understand what you're talking about with branding. It's honestly amazing because I feel like nowadays everybody has access to social media, right? You can all create a social media account of any kind for free, pretty much. And boom, you can build a brand. So it's like, wow, this guy built this brand, I'm going to assume pretty much for free. Mm-hmm. And now he has the power to do things like jump to the top of the list in boxing. Like I understand sports. I played college basketball. So I know what it's like to be in a competitive arena like that. And you don't mm-hmm. get to just jump to the top. There's seniority and there's rules. So I completely understand that. That part is honestly super amazing. Can, just real quick, Carter, for you go. Can we get like an old highlight reel or something? Because you be throwing out this college basketball thing so consistently, like you was like you was out here. You don't need you know an old saying? highlight reel because I'm gonna give you the real life. Oh, okay. you know, you know, I am coming down to Atlanta this week, and, and I'll record it. I'll record it. You know what I'm okay. saying? I am coming down to Atlanta this week. I, I I have no remorse on giving buckets. I'm not like the the big brother who lets somebody win and shoot on them. I'm blocking that shit. That's cool. No give time lapse. Ball. I want the camera all the way on. You're gonna get the smoke. Okay. Carter, please share with us your opinion about brand building and fighting and <laughs> all of the above. Y'all one-on-one? Yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, like, so I tell people all the time, like, the best investment you can ever make is an investment in yourself, right? And part of that investment is your brand, right? So, like, there is, your brand is like your social equity, right? It is where you stand with how the people view you, right? So, you know, if you spend time building a great brand, you can really do anything, especially form big partnerships with other brands or, um, you know, boxing or whatever. It, I look at brand as like, you know, your social equity status. And the more you build your brand, the more things you're able to, to do. Right. So I can't wait to talk about this topic and like teach people how they can leverage their brand to like have other opportunities and resources. But like my number one focus um, this year has been working on my personal brand and it's, it's paid dividends. Yeah. Yeah. So to be, to piggyback off that, it's like, here's the thing for me, a lot of times people think that brand is your logo or your colors or your font, or for me personally, brand is synonymous with trust, right? Because if we all know the funnel, no like trust, right? The most important thing you can do is to get as many people as possible to know you. Because the more people that know you, it's just a numbers game. That means a percentage of them are going to like you. 
And then a percentage of them are going to trust you. And if they trust you, they'll spend money with you. So for me, brand is all about trust. For example, if I go to the grocery store that says they're open at 8 a.m. and I go at eight on the dot and they're open, they get a notch in the trust bucket, right? If I go and they say they got something in stock and I try to go get it and it's in stock, trust. So remember, so brand is also being who you say you are. So for example, we're not going to get into it much on this podcast, but there are strategies that you can do to growth hack building your brand, right? But it will not work if when people come back to your brand or your page and there's nothing there for them to consume, they might think you're a one hit wonder. So for example, I'll just give you a quick little gym. And Carter does this uh, even more than I do now. If you find a page on social media that has your target audience and you share content with that page, value-driven content, someone's going to see that and like, huh, if that's what that guy or girl is about, I want more. Now, what happens if they come back to your page and you're private or you got three posts and last time you post was 10 days ago? Ah, damn, that was just, that was a a one-hit one, that was a one-time thing. They're not going to follow you. They're not going to tap in. But if they come back and it's like, oh, Okay, like there's alignment here. There's more value there. This is what I was hoping it was going to be here. So that's why for me, brand is much more about trust, right? Are you doing the same thing over and over and over again to create predictability? So to Jake Paul and Logan Paul's point, they had YouTube channel for free for years. So people trusted them. They showed up to their channel. They probably had a consistent day that they posted. Not to mention on platforms like YouTube, right? You can get paid from YouTube, which is why we better be going ham on YouTube with these podcasts. Y'all better be tapping, tapping in, right? Because if you decide to never join our community, one quote that I live by that I'm sure Jacqueline and Carter have heard me say before is who you serve does not have to be who pays you, right? And YouTube gives you a phenomenal opportunity to demonstrate that in real time, right? So for example, when you see us have major brand collaborations and brand partnerships, some of the best and brightest brands. And I'm going to say it now because I'm a, <laughs> I manifest everything. So when y'all see us have those collaborations, y'all are like, damn, like how are they able to give out all this game and throw these events and they're not even charging us nothing? Why? Because we got that B2B back. You know what I'm saying? Because we got y'all's trust, right? Y'all show up to listen to the episodes every week. So guess what? The big brands have to come through us just like yep. pay-per-view has to go through Jake Paul now. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because he has the audience. And so that is the power of brand. It gives you leverage. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I like what you're saying about trust. And it makes me think of like two big things. One in the financial arena being Wells Fargo. Do you guys remember the Wells Fargo Fargo scandal? It was It really blew up in like 2015, 2016. Okay, yeah. so for those who don't know, because it was huge. For those who don't know, Wells Fargo, basically think about it like this. When you have a company that reaches their growth peak, right? And they're like, man, we don't know how we're going to make more money, but we have these stockholders that we've got to make more money for. So how are we going to make more money? So they ended up frauding people and they ended up opening these accounts that people didn't need and charging them these huge fees. And they even made a documentary on it. You can watch it on Netflix under Dirty Money about Wells Fargo and all the things that they did. But for me, that's damaged their brand. Right. I can't trust you guys anymore because you, I've seen you defraud a bunch of my clients. So for me, I'm like, OK, that's what I think of when I look at Wells Fargo's brand. Like, I can't trust you guys. It's a stain. It's, it's a stain, right? It's and, a stain. And, and to your point, Jacqueline, I don't know if you saw it or not, but like they're actually under current scrutiny 
uh, the SEC is projecting that something like they're going to be charging them for something that they did most recently. So Wells Fargo just can't get right. No, Wells Fargo's under a bunch of things. I'm part of one of their class action suits just because I've never been part of a class <laughs> action. And I thought it would be fun to join in. So what happened was I already didn't trust Wells Fargo, but I went to go buy this car. Right. The car gets totaled and the auto loan is with Wells Fargo. So Wells Fargo, and this is actually a total digression, but you, everyone who's listening to this should be familiar with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Okay, so if you have an issue with a financial company such as Wells Fargo, such as any insurance company, any financial institution, you can go to the CFPB, I believe it's like .gov, and you can file a complaint there. So that's the only reason why my issue was resolved with Wells Fargo is because I had to go file a complaint with the CFPB be in order to get their intention to say, hey, no, what you're doing is wrong. So in my case, Wells Fargo doesn't do any auto lending anymore, but this could happen with any institution. So I had a car that was totaled. I let them know, hey, the car is totaled. I'm waiting for the insurance company to pay out. There's nothing else that I can do in this position. And they were like, well, sucks for you. You need to keep making your payments. And we're actually going to charge you late fees and a bunch of fees on top of that. And I'm like, the car is literally totaled. I have insurance. You just have to get the insurance company to pay out. And it was like the middle of COVID. So, you know, things were behind. Everything was delayed. And so... I had to go to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, file a complaint and say, hey, this is wrong. Like my car is total. There's literally nothing I can do. And they were like, uh, you know, I had already had proof that the insurance company was going to pay out. So the CFPB contacted Wells Fargo and was like, yo, y'all got to chill. So Wells Fargo sent me a letter and was like, "Okay, we're going to chill. We're waiting on your payout. So that happened to me. Right. So then a few weeks ago, I get this notice in the mail that was like, hey, Wells Fargo has a class action lawsuit because they were not returning gap insurance payments. Mm -hmm. So the gap insurance is what kicks in to pay off the rest of your loan after your insurance pays when your car is totaled. So they didn't refund my gap insurance money to me. So there was a class action lawsuit. So they were like, hey, you're eligible for like a thousand dollars to pay back to you. So I said, hey, I've never been a part of one of these. Let me join in and see what happens. So The brand of Wells Fargo, completely dead for me. Can't promote them, can't work with them, won't have any accounts there. That's dead. The second thing that I think of is when you were saying, you know, brands that you trust, George, I found it funny. And and like the the cadence of people's posts, I found it funny that when Instagram changed their algorithm to this new, they want you to post reels and they want you to be on live. A lot of brands that I followed and trusted have died because the person behind them doesn't want to show their face. They don't want to get on Instagram live and talk and they don't want to make reels of themselves talking or videos of themselves talking. So it's like now the brands are dying because people don't want to keep up with this new time. Ooh, let me, so let me, let me chime in on something real quick to that point. So the most important thing outside of building a brand is owning your own distribution, right? Because if Instagram, YouTube, whoever decides they want to change something or whatever the case may be. You get hacked. If you if you get hacked, if you don't have a way to own that audience, right, then your your brand is really relying upon a platform that you can't control. Like there's some people who don't have an email list that have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. And they are one two-factor authentication slip away from total, a total L. So 
part of brand is owner. So let's say we said the next most important thing of brand or how we associate it is trust. The next most important thing is ownership, right? If you have a brand, you need to own that all the way through. I can't, well, I'm not going to do it, but if you look up there, Melanin Money, it's trademarked, right? We already got some, we already got some cease and desist. I'm ready to push the button on. I see y'all out there. You know what I'm saying? When you see that double M, you know it's us, okay? But you need to have full ownership of your brand, right? You need to be able to have an email list, have a text list, have something that's not affiliated with the platform that you can't control. And even if you have an email list, you need to be exporting that to uh, Google Sheets or something every single month because you technically don't own the email platform, right? So it's like, you got to be thinking about that. Like, like, and Carter can tell you, you, I mean, with lead ownership or brand ownership, with the push of a button, you can pay your rent. <laughs> with the push of a button, you can pay for a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? So like, make sure that if you're going to build up a brand, a presence, trust, make sure you own that. Facts. Facts. I mean, y'all said everything on brand. I don't really got nothing much to add, but I don't think I would say is brand as well as trust is also how you make somebody feel right when you put on nike you feel like an athlete right so it's a trusted brand but it also makes you feel good right so i think that on top of that we need to be cognizant of how our brand makes other people feel and on top of that i'll close out with this you want to make sure that your brand is reflective of who you're trying to be, especially from a pricing standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Walmart is known for being low cost, so their brand is low cost. Now, um, Louis Vuitton is not known for being a low cost brand. So remember that your price is a reflection of your brand. So if you want to come out um, selling products or services and really, real, you know, being low on your price point, you got to remember that's a reflection of your brand and people associate, you know, high price brands with high quality. So that's something that's what people think about. Yeah, that's that's super true. You know, just a quick story. So Hyundai, my mom back in the day, probably like late 90s, she had a Hyundai, right? A little black coupe. It was cool. Um, but then, you know, long we all know Hyundai got to a point where they're like, man, we want to start making nicer cars. We want to make the Genesis. We want to make, you know, these cars that look a lot better. They feel more luxury. It took Hyundai almost 15 years to shed the low cost economy car like stain, to even be in the conversation, right? And for most people that were around back then, they're still kind of like, okay, that's cool. But like, I'm gonna just go, I'm gonna get the bins. You know what I'm saying? So to Carter's point, and it's hard to do because you don't always know, like in in our service-based business, I started out charging peanuts. You know what I'm saying? Embarrassingly so. And, you know, I'm grateful that I was able to incrementally evolve and no one came looking at me like, who do you think you is? I remember you charged, was charged X, Y, and Z. I'm grateful for that. But when it comes to like most product or physical product brands or just branding in general, if you can help it, like, like Muhammad Ali said it best, right? He knew he was the greatest before he said it, you know, before he accomplished it, right? So if that's where you're going to go. If that's what you're going to achieve. Go ahead and put yourself out there. Go ahead and be that premium brand. Now, of course, you want to back it up with quality right? Like, for example, shout out Melanin Money. You know, I got the samples in. You know, we got the embroidered everything. Mm. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Embroidered everything. Alternate collars, short set. We we out here, but it's not about me. Um, Melaninmoney.com. It's not not about me. The point is, we're going to charge more, right? But we can back it up because we know that this is a quality product. You know what I'm saying? So, 
I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Carter. Like if, if you have the ability to try to have the foresight as it relates to what you want your brand to be so that you're not trying to like uh, reposition yourself down the road. What's going on, Million and Money Podcast fam? Have you been thinking about earning more passive income? Are you ready for a new way to make money without spending a lot of time up front? Then you don't want to miss our free masterclass with Danielle Hughes. How to start a vending machine business with $1,000 or less. Come and learn how to start a profitable vending machine business, even if you don't have any experience. How to position your machine to be recession-proof. How to make money from day one from vending machines and so much more. To register, visit our website at melaninmoney.com forward slash vending. That's melaninmoney.com forward slash vending. It's the how to launch a vending machine business with $1,000, the masterclass. We'll see you there. For a second, I want you to imagine a club, a club that is exclusively designed to help you transform your relationship with money, a club that creates the pathway and the guiding light for someone who is an aspiring melanin millionaire, the one who wants to be the wealth starter in their family. Now, instead of imagining, I want you to learn a little bit more about the Melanin Millionaires Club, because that is exactly what we've created right? We've created an ecosystem where you can finally get the clarity that you're looking for when it comes to your finances to give you the confidence that you now know exactly where you're headed so you can make better financial decisions and ultimately give you that feeling of control that you've been seeking instead of your finances feeling like they control you. Let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Number one, you're going to get access to money challenges, you know, and different challenges to help you level up with your money in fun and creative ways. You're going to get access to a community of like-minded people who are all on the same journey of marching towards financial freedom in their own right. You're going to have an opportunity to win money milestones so that we can award you on your journey to becoming that melanin millionaire. You're going to get access to guides and resources that you need to be able to dive deeper on your money journey. My most favorite and important probably aspect of this platform is you getting access to my pocket advisor, which is our flagship feature where literally it's like having myself and other advisors right in your pocket. Because let's be honest, right? You can take a course or even try to Google the information that you're looking for. But sometimes knowing that you can have a mentor that you can just call on and ask a specific question is worth its weight in gold. So you get that as a part of the premium membership. You get access to classes to learn about a variety of different money topics. There's channels with a bunch of different money content like Netflix, but for financial education, right? And you have investment opportunities, right? From time to time when they present themselves, I'm going to share different investment opportunities exclusively with my network. Not to mention, if you sign up today, you're going to get access to seven other bonuses just for being a part of the network. So if that sounds like something that would be valuable to you, I strongly encourage you to click the link, link in the show notes and learn more about the Melanin Millionaires Club and how you can be the first generation millionaire in your family. So I love that. So how about this? I think it'd be helpful, help, helpful for the people. Let's give let's each give keys to how do you start a brand the right way? Like what are the correct ways to go about starting or building your own brand? We can go around and give our give our keys, but I think some people out there are like, 
I don't have a brand. I want to start my brand. I want to, I want to build my brand. How do I build my brand the right way? So yeah. uh, who wants to answer that first? Uh, I'll go. Um, I think the first thing is intention, right? It's like decide up front who you are and what value you're going to bring to the marketplace and show up consistently. For example, when we started this podcast, we said every Wednesday, rain, sleet, snow, or hail, an episode was going to be released, right? That's been through people traveling internationally, me having to get on the road tonight to go to Atlanta, Jacqueline, you know, maybe not feeling the bit like it's, it's been through a lot of adversity, but we said rain, sleet, or snow, we're here, right? Remember I said brand is trust. So the first thing you got to decide is who you are and how are you going to show up consistently for your audience and whatever it is you're trying to provide, right? That would be my number one key. The other thing I would say is I would, I would be incredibly focused when you want to start a brand because right now on the internet, the power of the internet is that anybody can uh, start a, a brand. The curse of the internet is that anybody can start a brand, right? So the way that you're going to pierce through the noise, especially when you have limited resources, limited team, limited everything, is you got to be the man or woman at something, right? You can spread your wings as you grow and you evolve because you have people and staff and infrastructure. But in the beginning, pick something that is unique to you, that you can add your own sauce on, that can't nobody do it like you and lean into that because it's going to be easier for you to stand out. It's like, oh, I always think of this when I hear this person's name. That's how you build a brand, like Kleenex. It's called tissue, <laughs> but we say Kleenex because of their branding. So that would be my tip. Yeah, so I'll piggyback off of that. And I feel like we know that, and especially as women, we know that everything that we see in society and life is really meant to tear us down, right? Makeup is meant to tell you you're not pretty enough. More hair is meant to tell you like your hair is not good enough. You need to get your nails done because like your natural nails are not pretty enough. So everything is is dragging you down. So it's making you feel like you cannot achieve the goal that you want to achieve. So I want you to think about when you are positioning yourself to build a brand, right? You're like, okay, I see all these other people doing it. I think maybe I can do it too. I want you to envision your highest self when you're when you're starting to build your brand. Because when you're starting out, you may not see yourself as the person with the quarter of a million followers and the million followers on YouTube. And you may not see that. So I need you to envision you at your highest self first. So, you know, when you're thinking about building your brand, think about who you are in your best light. Okay. I want you to do that. And then when you're building a brand, like George said, I want you to focus in on what it is that you do best. What is your bread and butter? And what is going to be most impactful to the people around you? Because I think if you can wake up every day and you can remember, okay, I'm impacting, even if it's just one person's life, even if I'm only changing one person's life today, I'm helping one more person get better. And that's going to help you on the creation of your brand. It's going to help you keep going through and pushing through your brand building. I, I love that. If I could add two more pieces, number one, I think people get scared to do this. I, I know I was, right? And that is allow your personality to shine through your brand, right? Allow your personality to shine through your brand because a lot of us feel like we got to be these perfect people, right? That's not the case. Like allow your personality to show through your brand. One, one, a couple people that do this very well, uh, Gary V. Gary V curses his 
ass off and he refuses <laughs> to change for anybody. Right. And that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. And that that authenticity shines through his brand where he's not scared to um, be himself. Kevin Hart has an amazing brand. He's known to be funny all the time. He never stops joking, no matter <laughs> what the situation is. But again, that's a part of his brand. And you know, when you think about him, you're going to, you, you feel trust, but you also feel humor, right? So I think people need to let their personality shine through their brand because that's how you really, really connect with people. And the second thing I would say is don't be scared to offend people who are in opposition with your brand, right? Mm. You really got to lean into whatever you feel like. Part of my brand is I believe that everybody should at least have a side business, right? And some people get mad when they say, you know, whether somebody loves their job, I'm not asking you that. I believe that everybody has some entrepreneur in them and should at least have a side business. So don't be uh, scared to lean into it because one person that did it really well is Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson is the owner of ClickFunnels. He said websites are dead. He didn't care what anybody else said. There are no more useful websites. Websites are going to die X, Y, Z. Whether he was right or wrong, I don't care. But he built a tribe of people who felt that way too. He wasn't afraid to offend the other side. So don't be mean to people, but don't be scared to disagree with some of the masses if you really, really want to build a good following behind your brand. Yeah. Speaking of Russell Brunson, a great book to read is Expert Secrets. Um, And it talks a little bit about that polarization if you're for everybody, you're for nobody. Is, is, say it again. Is, say it again. If, if you're for everybody, then you're for nobody. And you just have to realize that your tribe is your tribe. Your people are your people. And the goal is to go deep, not necessarily wide. Right. So let me actually just let me ask you guys this. Would you rather be uh, the artist that everybody kind of heard? Oh, I think I might have heard one of his songs before. Yeah, it's kind of ringing a bell. Or would you rather be the artist? That when you show up in the indie club in each city, there's this line wrapped around the corner. People are waiting for hours to get in. It might not be the biggest establishment, but people are waiting hours to get in because they built this deep resonance with their audience, right? You only get that from going deep. When you try to go wide and like, I could be known for this and this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And technically, if I do all that, I'm not going to offend anybody because everybody can get something from me. What happens is you're kind of known by most people. Versus being deeply adored by those who really love you. And here's the beauty in that, especially in the age of data, is that you can duplicate that. Once you go deep and figure out what it is those people want from you and why is they love you and they keep buying your products, they keep showing to the lives, they're always in your comments, they're always in your DMs, they love everything you do. You can take that data and that now becomes a buyer persona. And now you leverage that to find more of those people. Right. So but the key is you're never going to find that if you don't go deep. If you're not willing to exclude, right, to go all in on who you need to include, you'll never figure that out to be able to then take that and duplicate it at scale. The riches yeah. are in the niches. As I say, the riches are in the niches. And, you know, um, again, if, especially if you want to build brand partnerships, you want to build brand partnerships with people who uh, companies that you actually like. And the only way you're going to do that is if you be yourself and, and, and adhere to your true audience. And I'll let Jacqueline add, add her piece. Um, well, on that piece, it makes me think of Kim Kardashian. So mm-hmm. when Kim started doing all of her branding partnerships, she was doing things she didn't want to do. And she's talked about this. She was like, I don't want my brand to be known for me taking a sexy bite out of a Carl's Jr. cheeseburger. 
she was like, that's not what I want my brand to be known for. You know, she's like, I want my brand to be known for creating an impact and helping people get out of their situation. And so just talking about brand building, um, I mean, sometimes you kind of got to get it out of the mud at first and <laughs> you kind of got to take a couple little a little struggle deal. So your struggle deal, maybe you're doing speaking for free. You're speaking at conferences for free. You're on IG Live for free. That's part of building your brand. And then, you know, maybe once you built this huge brand, you don't have to do things for free. But I think you're right that, you know, the riches are in the niches. You know, use your brand to build what it is that you um, want to be known for. So let me interject with a podcast review. Okay. It's five stars. So we I love the podcast worth. reviews. It's worth the interjection. Okay. So uh, Terry Ann with an exclamation point. Uh, said pure knowledge. Absolutely love in all caps this show and you all as individuals. I've been promoting the crap out of this podcast to every black queen and king I meet. Y'all stay dropping gems that feel almost illegal to know. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and helping the black community grow. I bought Carter's B-Day course and have literally learned more in that course than I have in my entire time in college. Building an empire for my son, exclamation point. So, wow, uh, Terry, if you are listening to this podcast, please let us know because we're giving you something for free for sure. That's for a sure, for sure. That's all a right. I, I may owe her something as well, but like, and you know, shameless pub, but like, that's a part of my brand too. If I, if my courses sucked, I would be disdevaluing my brand, but apparently I'm changing lives. So making an impact. So that's dope. Um, really hope she's listening. That's dope. Nah, amazing. Amazing. We appreciate you. Uh, that was an amazing review. And again, guys, if you have not listened, if you're listening to this, pause the episode, go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. And if you don't have a five-star rating, then keep listening because obviously you haven't consumed enough to know that this is five-star worthy. But now nah, give us that review because again, it helps everybody else find us, learn about us and make sure you're subscribed so that people can tap into the podcast. Nope. Nope. Uh, I had a question for you. I don't know if this is on a plan, but like we could probably end this episode with this, but potentially we'll see. What does brand equity mean to you? Mm. I think that's a good question for all of us to answer um, yeah. to really like, you know, bring this to, uh, brand point home. Yeah. So for me, brand equity means leverage, right? It means that because of the, the, the seeds that I've sown, the value that I've delivered, the person that I've become, that when I want to flip a switch and do something, I have leverage, I have power, right? So for example, you know, we did the rebrand and we did the launch event, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, right? seems like it was a long, long time ago. It was just barely four weeks ago, but actually four weeks ago to the day, August 1st, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we had a thousand people RSVP um, to our event because number one, we provide a lot of value for free, right. On Instagram. And so, and just all all these other platforms. And so when we said, Hey, I need you to show up for this. I want you to show up for this. People were willing to show up because of the value that we provide. So brand creates leverage, right? If you show enough value, I think Gary B has a book. It's called jab, 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 right hook, right? Value, 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 then ask. Right. So when you provide a lot of value with your brand, it gives you a leverage mechanism that when you do act something, you're probably going to get it in droves. Carter you know, saw this firsthand from his birthday bundle. Right. 
it's like, man, I feel guilty, like not buying this, right? Like Carter has been showering me with game, right? How could I not spend a measly 30 bucks to support his birthday and then, <laughs> you know, all the other stuff, but yeah, how could I not, right? So I think brand is a leverage mechanism in my book. Brand equity is a leverage mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> brand equity for me, honestly, is the ability to sell a product or service without me being part of the process. Mm. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like a lot of times selling, especially in financial services industry or any service industry, a lot of it's been predicated on your ability to show up, right? So you've got to be present. I want to have a brand so strong that other people are talking about it and other people are doing the selling for me. And I don't have to be part of the sales process. I feel like that's brand equity and having a brand so strong, right? Like getting a review like we just got that said, hey, you know, I learned so much from Carter's course. Other people are going to read that review and Carter's going to be able to sell more courses without Carter having even been in the process. So to me, that's brand equity. And I think that that's built over time. And I think that um, in order for your brand to have equity, you've got to be trustworthy. You know, in any in any industry that you're in, you have to build trust with your consumers. So what do you think? It's a fact. fact. I think I like this, Um, especially since this is a financial podcast. I look at brand equity as like my stock price. Mm. Right. And I drop a cash drop on that. (laughs) See, I look at brand equity as my stock price. Right. And the more people that buy into me, which me buy my stock, my stock increases in value. So the price went up. The price went up. Right. So the more that people buy into my brand, the the more that my uh, brand equity, aka my stock price increases. So that's how I look at brand equity. And again, you know, you built it over time. You built it with trust. Um, but the more people that you can get to buy in, essentially, the uh, the higher your stock price is, is going to be. So mm-hmm. that's how I look at brand equity when it comes to the marketplace. Dope, dope, dope. Hey, y'all, here's what I want y'all to do. Like, We, we want to be a podcast of action, right? We want to make sure that and we and Jacqueline and I used to do this on our old podcast. We used to have like the Fix Your Financial Fridays. Um, and I'm trying not to cuss as much because I was the uncensored show. So we kind of like leaned into the theme. But um. But I want I want I want y'all to do one takeaway every single episode that we have a podcast where I want you to do something. I don't care how big or how small it is. And so the takeaway, y'all can chime in if y'all want to do something different. But the takeaway is I want you to do one thing to enhance your brand equity. Right. I don't it, it, there's no blueprint for this, but I want you to think about what we talked about in this episode on how you can what brand means and what it means to us. And we all had different answers. But I want you to do one thing to enhance your brand equity. And I don't care if you have a nine to five, right? You can enhance your brand equity there too, right? How does your manager see you? How do your coworkers see you? So no, I don't want no excuses. I want you to do one thing to enhance your brand equity. And what I would love for you to do is leave a review and tell us, of course, how much you love the show, if you do love the show, and also what you did, right? So that we can pick one of those and read those on the next show. No, I love that takeaway. It's really easy for people who are in the community because if you're in the community, you can just drop you know a comment in there or drop a message to one of us and just say, "Hey, I'm doing this to build my brand." You know, and we love to see it. We love to hold you accountable. So, real easy, you know, oop dunk for you there. Yeah, and real quick before we before we wind this episode down, speaking of brand, 
right? For those podcast listeners, maybe you haven't bought all of the courses or you haven't joined the Melon and Millionaires Club yet, but you love this podcast, right? And you are going to continue to listen. Here's one thing I encourage you to do if you want to get more of this without having to buy anything from us, right? We're going to call it Get Your Job to Pay For, which here's what we want you to do. Starting in Q1 of next year, but we're going to start building our pipeline in Q4, we're going to start partnering with corporations to take this knowledge that we have and offer it to employers, right? So what I want you to do, if you work for a company, Facebook, Google, Amazon, whoever it might be, big or small, I want you to see if you can find a point of contact that, that potentially would be willing to bring us in for a financial education workshop, right? And if you do that, then that means we can you can get more of this game on your company's dime, right? So if you're listening and you are in corporate America or you do have a job, start thinking about a point of contact that maybe can get us in the door. And we would love to partner with you um, to be able to provide more value to your to your company. So that's how you can get more of this game for free and not to pay anything. Dope, dope. I love I love today's episode, guys. And uh, again, y'all, what y'all gonna do to increase y'all brand. But uh, other than that, we'll see y'all next time. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.